Star Wars 7x7 episode 1201. Oh my goodness. I've been waiting to talk to you about this for six months. Yes, really. Six months, I think, almost to the day, as it turns out. This is the episode recap for Star Wars Rebel Season 4, Episode 1. It's Heroes of Mandalore, Part 1. Punch it, Chewie. Hello, everybody. I'm Greg Proops. You may know me as Fode from The Phantom Menace. And you're listening to Star Wars 7x7, the only daily Star Wars podcast. I love you, Alan. Hey, Rebel Rouser. Welcome to Star Wars 7x7. I'm your host, Alan Voivod, and I'm a day or two off, all right? So (laughs) the episode actually debuted on April 15th at Star Wars Celebration Orlando, at least part one of Heroes of Mandalore debuted. They didn't show part two at Star Wars Celebration, so that climactic finale was still awaiting in the cards, and yet it debuted on Disney XD last night. This is a full spoiler review and recap of the first half of the episode, so if you have not watched it yet and you don't want it to be spoiled, then save this episode for a later date, but if you are down with getting into it, then let's get into it. So just to recap, Sabine's father, Sabine Wren, the Mandalorian that's part of the Ghost Crew, her father is being held by an Empire-aligned faction of Mandalorians led by a bad guy named Gar Saxon. And so they think they know where he is, and so Sabine and members of the Ghost Crew attack this Mandalorian outpost, only to find out, it's a trap! And don't, they fell right into it. But thankfully, somebody comes to their rescue, specifically the sister of Satine, and I can't pronounce the last name, so I'm not even going to try. Satine was the unrequited love of Obi-Wan Kenobi from the Clone Wars, and Bo-Katan is Satine's sister, who appeared in the Clone Wars as well, and she makes her return in Star Wars Rebels here in Season 4, rescuing Sabine and company from all of these Gar Saxon-led bad guys. And in case you like to know little trivial details about how various fandoms intersect with each other, Katie Sackhoff does the voice of Bo-Katan, and Katie Sackhoff is also Starbuck in the rebooted Battlestar Galactica that was on, oh gosh, I don't even want to think how long ago it was. It doesn't seem like that long, but it's been a good while. Anyway, Bo-Katan gets everybody hip to what's really supposed to happen, which is that Gar Saxon is going to have Sabine's dad executed in the Mandalorian capital, and so they have to find a way to prevent this from happening. Well, conveniently, he's being transported to the Mandalorian capital, and so the ghost crew and some of the Mandalorians accompanied by Bo-Katan, or being led by Bo-Katan, I should say, have the chance to get him and break him out. And this starts off the second action sequence in this Rebels episode. And that, I think, is one of the best things about this kickoff to the first season, or to the the first episode of the fourth season of Star Wars Rebels, is that it is just action-packed from wall to wall. I mean, it kicks off pretty immediately, like, Perfect Star Wars tradition, throwing you right into the action of this raid to try and rescue the dad. And then, of course, it doesn't work. So now they've got to go on the real raid to rescue the dad, which I think you could safely say has a lot of Indiana Jones inspiration in that the convoy going through the desert is very much like the convoy that was transporting the Ark of the Covenant for the Nazis. Yeah, similar kind of idea. Or, I mean, even to some degree, Last Crusade with, you know, the tanks going through the desert and whatnot. So naturally, they're successful, they rescue the dad, and everything seems fine and hunky-dory and whatnot, and this is where things go horribly wrong, and I've been saying 
here and there over the past couple months when I've <laughs> been inspired to even mention Rebels and to say, oh my gosh, they are not taking any prisoners for season four. They are really committed to making something super compelling and essentially saying no one is safe. No one is safe and therefore it's going to be probably all the more watchable because of it. So this is what happened at the end of the episode that made me go, oh man, this is going to be really intense and compelling. So Gar Saxon has a hold of something that's really awful. It's so awful that you don't even get to see it just yet, not at least in the first half of Heroes of Mandalore, that part one episode. All you get to hear is just some horrible noise. And then when the dust clears and Sabine goes to see what's happened, you basically just see piles of ashes, right? It's whoever was there, which it turns out her mother and her brother were there. They've just been reduced by whatever this thing was to ashes, utterly destroyed, gone, period. See you later, bye. And it's almost like the scene where Luke encounters the remains of Uncle Owen on Aunt Beru in a way. Like, it does kind of echo that to a degree, and that in itself is a rather remarkable piece of storytelling here as well. But what's even wilder about this is the fact that if you recall from the Trials of the Darksaber episode back in Season 3, where Sabine finally breaks down and says, you know, what's in her backstory, that she had been building weapons for the Empire, and that when she decided to speak out against the Empire because they weren't going to be used for peaceful means that her family had cast her out, as a result, well, this is one of the horrible weapons she built, and in a grand twist of irony, it's been used to kill her family. So how brutal is that? I mean, it's not like losing one of the six members of the ghost crew kind of brutal where you really think, okay, that's it. Definitely nobody is safe at all. But the fact that they were willing to kill Sabine's mother and brother and do that in the very first episode, show them as a pile of ashes, ashes excuse me. And this is a kid's show. Let's not forget this is a children's show. It's not really designed for you and me as big adults or anything like that. But they have taken an incredibly brave leap of storytelling and in a very a very complex and adult level of storytelling into this episode. And so I think we have some really exciting things in store for us in season four of Rebels as a result. And as I mentioned earlier, I'm going to talk to you about that interview with Dave Filoni about season four after the break. Stay tuned. Hey, Rebel Rouser. The Last Jedi is coming out in theaters in December, and so it's time for you to brush up on your knowledge of The Force Awakens. Luckily, I've got the thing for you. It's the unofficial Star Wars The Force Awakens trivia book. It's available on Amazon right now. Just go to sw7x7.com slash TFA to get right there. And inside, you'll find more than 501 galaxy-spanning questions and answers about The Force Awakens. Again, it's the unofficial Star Wars The Force Awakens trivia book, sw7x7.com slash TFA. Welcome back. All right, so as I mentioned earlier, Amy Ratcliffe interviewed Dave Filoni for Nerdist and asked him about season four. And as far as story threads getting wrapped up, Filoni says, I don't want this season to be one answer after another, but I wanted to make sure there are things we've set up that we pay off and that you feel you got some answers. There's some big-time explanations and reveals that are unlike anything we've done, and there are also other levels of weirdness that I've added to make up for that fact. 
unquote. So that, of course, is simultaneously refreshing and frustrating at the same time because we all crave resolution, don't we? But it sounds like he's actually going to stitch some things in there that ultimately become unresolved, which, you know, maybe it's best for all of us that way because then we have something to talk about after Rebels is gone and wonder whether it's going to factor into whatever the next thing is after Rebels. And Filoni pretty much alludes to that idea and that being a driver for him when he talks about the things that are outstanding. He says, you know, whatever happened to Ahsoka, what's going on with Kanan and Hera, or what happens to Ezra, Sabine, and Zeb, and what about Hot Callus? <laughs> That's uh, that meme that happened when he was discovered as Fulcrum last season and got beat up and suddenly he had a lock of hair out of place and hanging over his head and suddenly everybody was like, Hot Callus, Hot Callus. But anyway... Filoni goes on and says, all of these things are things that are in our mind. They sometimes have large answers and sometimes smaller answers and sometimes things that might not have a definite answer but give you enough of an ability to understand and then wonder about it, which is sometimes the best kind of answer, unquote. And there's more to the interview as well, but I will save that for when I talk about Heroes of Mandalore Part 2. Though in the meantime, it's time for me to sign off on this one. So thank you very much, as always, for listening. And may the Force be with you wherever in the world you may be. Thanks for listening to another episode of Star Wars 7x7. And hey, before you pick up another pathetic life form, check out SW7x7.com for show notes, links, photos, videos, and more. And if you like what you've been hearing, support the podcast at patreon.com SW7x7. It's not a pod race bet, it's Destiny Unleashed. This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox. It is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2017, Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it. The drive to go further and reach higher. The same thing that inspires you, inspires us. At Strayer University, we're always searching for new ways to make education more affordable. That's why we offer access to up to 10 no-cost gen ed courses to help you save time and money so you can keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. No-cost gen ed provided by Strayer University affiliates of your learning. Eligibility rules apply. Connect with us for details. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV.